Welcome to Lectionary Call-In for Tuesday, September 19th of 2023, where laypersons and pastors gather at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time each Tuesday to discuss the Gospel Lectionary for the coming Sunday. This Sunday is September 24th, and we're working to be faithful to Lectionary Year A. Here's how it works. We prepare independently in advance of the discussion after receiving some formative questions from the week's leader, and then in this podcast we share and question and challenge each other. And here are the folks joining us in today's discussion. Sarah Mickelson in Tampa. I'm Don Upton in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I'm going to uh, read the scripture for today, and then we'll uh, begin our discussion. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm going to read uh, from the New Revised Standard Version And the lectionary for Sunday is Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the equal daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go to the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And when he went out again, about noon, about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, then going to the first. And when those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, this last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the, the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs for you and go. I chose to give this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So so that the last will be first and the first will be last. And that's the word of the Lord. Well, we've got three questions for the day. We always uh, commend our questions to uh, to listeners. If you're looking at uh, ways to moderate classes or discussions, testing them out to see if they work. And the first question is going to you, Sarah Mickelson. Why are the laborers offered binary choice in verse 15? What is Jesus trying to get across to the listeners and readers of the parable with the either this or that challenge? And I, I'll reread it. Uh, So we can put this into context. He says, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? Sarah, what do you think? Well, I think we have to lay some ground rules. I like the idea to consider the landowner first. The story tells us this landowner is generous. And I think we can see that from the example given. So how how is this landowner's generosity described? And Jesus does some really interesting things here. 
and he describes the generosity by how much he pays those who work for him. Does each worker receive enough for a day? Well, yeah. Um, so this story amplifies the congruencies between our world and how it functions and the one presented by Jesus. Perhaps the landowner has an emergent task that he needs to accomplish in a single day, in a short period of time. So each worker is given what they need, which is enough for the day, something like give us this day our daily bread. And then the worker's perception of the daily wages of what's deserved is related to the hours they worked rather than the day's outcome. The vineyard owner values each set of hands the same. The workers seem to value the hours they worked more than the opportunity. Of what might we begrudge God? Maybe the question. Um, Do we begrudge him his generous mercy? Are we not all 11th hour workers desperate to provide for those who depend on us? Have we not all fallen short and been completely and immeasurably forgiven? So I make this leap that the daily wage is mercy or is grace. And that might be a mistake on my part, but I feel like it's important to to grasp that. Why do we feel like we've earned or deserve or are owed something by someone else? We like to count stuff rather than celebrate when someone else gets enough too. So um, I think that that's how I look um, the eager or is given to the workers by the landowner in verse 15. Um, if everything is the Lord's, then everything belongs to God and what we get is based on his mercy and his generosity. So it's not much at all. Thank you, Sarah. Bill Ho? Um, first of all, can you hear me okay? I'm getting cracking here. Okay. Um, a couple of notes on that I think are important. Two chapters since last week, we moved from chapter 18 to 20. And so we haven't looked at what precedes this. What precedes today's passage is the interchange between Jesus and the rich young man who says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, sell all you have and give to the poor. And then Peter says, okay, but what about us? What do we get out of following you? I, I don't think it's accidental that Matthew places this parable where he does. It's also important to note that Matthew is the only one who records this parable. Uh, there are others that are unique to East Gospel. So I, I don't know exactly why, but I think it's significant that Matthew records this and puts it where it does in contrast to wealth. Now we're looking at day laborers. Um, and the first shall be last, last shall be first, echoes the last verse before this chapter. 
in a different context, but it, it repeats it. Um, we note at times what we are, what our attention is drawn to this year, three years after we've done it before. And for me, it's verse three that captured my attention. Um, where after the first round of hiring, the landowner promises the subsequent person's hired. And Sarah, this gets to, I think, something you were saying. I will pay you whatever is right. In some ways, that's a weak English translation because in Greek, it's just. It's the word justice. I will pay you what constitutes justice. And we know how important justice is in the Bible. The Old Testament, Micah 6, 8, what, what does God want us to do? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. So it, to me, understanding is not just doing the right thing, although that's a part of justice. It's this vibrant, robust word in the Old and New Testament about doing justice. Um, it the story clearly and powerfully versus Jesus's challenge to the disciples seeking status at one you know let one of us sit at your left hand and right hand. It also I think echoes uh, last week about forgiveness. Um, that seventy times seven doesn't make human sense, but it's what God wants. And I think there are. Uh, echoes of challenge to the religious leaders who go about in long robes, make flowery public prayers, and are power-seeking. Jesus is saying it's about something else. And thinking of the Exodus journey, the manna, how much manna was there? Enough for that day. And Sarah, you know, give us uh, the, the food for today. Uh, and then Jesus fed 5,000, 4,000 with abundance. So that idea that each one, I think, is part of this parable. In this week's lectionary, there is a assignment for the third chapter of Jonah where Jonah is complaining that God was merciful and spared uh, the people of Nineveh instead of destroying them. And in what for me is one of the most poignant statements in Scripture, it says, God speaking, should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Also many animals. Um, Isaiah 55, 8. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, your ways, my ways, says the Lord. And I'll finish with this. At least at times, uh, I realize I echo the complaints of the first hired. I am at times the first hired. This leaves me with the question, how are my ways not God's ways? Don? Thank you. The uh, this binary choice frustrated me, and I I thought I'd just kind of read out my frustrations as if I were were an early hire in the day, 
and thinking about what what does a day mean, Bill? I think that was you know what what is it? What is a day in our life? What is what is enough in a day? And you know what is a day in heaven? I think it opens up a lot of for me inspirational things about what a day looks like and arriving on the property at three o'clock or four o'clock uh, and how we contribute. But I was thinking as I as I was looking at the choices, I got frustrated. I didn't want that choice. If I'm an early hire, like why are you doing this or that? It's neither of them. What do you what what is this? You know, you can't run an enterprise like this. That's my point, sir. You can't run an enterprise like this. So if you're a really good owner, you would be compensating me by merit. That's my point. Why aren't you listening to me? It's a fair day's wage. Uh, you should not be allowed to do this. Okay, yeah, you've got the power to do it. I'm not denying that. You're asking me in the binary, do you, can you do it or not? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You own the property, but you shouldn't be allowed to do it. You're reckless. You're not inspiring me. What are you doing? Uh, and no, and I'm not envious of your generosity. I'm glad you're doing well, unless you mean that I did not get my fair share of your generosity. Is that what you're saying? Then if that's your balance sheet, then I did not, exclamation point. I did not get my fair share. That's not envy. It's calling out your recklessness, sir, your lack of management capabilities, your insensitivity, your stupidity. I'm not being envious. I'm being practical. And now I'm going back to all the practical stories that we have in Matthew, which is like, you know, workers going, you don't do it this way. You pull up the weeds as soon as they're there. And the landowner goes, no. And they're like, are you crazy? You always pull up the weeds. Let it be. Let it be. So here again is the worker, the smarter person, the practical person. Are they right? Yes, they are. In the practical form, yes, they are. The workers who want to pull the weeds up were right. You'll be able to save 80% of your crop. And the owner goes, oh, no, no, I'm going to have 100%. Impossible. Are you crazy? So I just wanted to add this binary. is like, it's not binary. It's all yours, but, you know, you're not very prudent, are you? You know, what kind of fiat is this? It, you know, what's going to happen, aha, tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? So, you know, I just thought I'd play the role, and here I am doing another worker who actually knows how to do things right. Heaven is so far beyond the principles of management, the principles of ecosystems and enterprise, it really comes as a shock to the system. So, Sarah, let me, uh, let me get to the next question, uh, you and Bill, and Bill's going to come to you. Uh, what's your personal view? of the verse 13 challenge of the concept of equal and equality. What is Jesus trying to accomplish or prompt? And in some ways, Bill, you know, it's the same thing as, that's not equal. I'll show you equal. Bill, what do you think? Right. Just to remind our listeners of that verse, the landowner says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? I think what's involved here is, maybe it's a modern-day term, need-based. He's operating, at least in part, on what do these people need. Uh, and in working with homeless people over the years, some of whom go to whatever it's called, where they stand on a corner and contractors come by and pick two or three to, to carry off, they will talk about how they've learned not to leave uh, too early 
to, to hang out. So th this is a modern-day phenomena. Now, therefore, all the workers, no matter when they were hired, had the same basic need, a daily wage. Leading biblical scholar Whitney Bodman in Connections, uh, Year A, Section 3, to say that the title of this that's usually given to this parable is laborers in the vineyard. He says a better title would be the generous householder. That's really the the focus of this parable is the generosity. Uh, and I don't want to make too much of this, but the first hired only complained about those hired at 5 p.m. Uh, who had worked only an hour. Now, again, something that caught my attention is that five times in this parable it is reported that the owner went out. Intentionality. We're not told why he went out, but he went out. And now, uh, Sarah, you and I have talked about my affinity for both and. I like to think, he says, you know what, if you only work six, or three or one hours, I'm still going to get more product. There, there's more that's going to be harvested, and I'm going to help you support your family. I think that kind of both and is possible, that a business can make a profit and, and not just businesses. In all our relationships, and is there. Don? Thanks, Bill. Uh, one of the, you know, dealing with uh, equity, equality, opportunity, it, it's this, this may be Jesus going, you know, I, I have expectations for you, and we have it through Matthew and all the Gospels in terms of justice and equality. You have to see it. You have to see your neighbor. You have to, you know, and you take the measure of things. You know, not as a judge, but just to, you know, you size up the world and what's happening to my neighbor. Where is my neighbor? Do I see my neighbor? Where is the neighbor's in the ditch? Where's, you know, what opportunities does the neighbor have? Can the neighbor, can I dine with the neighbor? It's always the sizing up. Take a breath. Think about it. Abide with people. Size it up. Uh, and, and I think this heaven is a little bit different. So I'll just list, instead of what's different, what they all have in common. It's a little different than the world as I know it. In this heaven, heaven is like this. Uh, all of them set foot on the landowner's property. All of them. That's not the earth I live. We can't. We cannot all set foot to do a day's labor. We cannot all set foot to be together. We cannot all set foot to get a wage. We don't have that first step in terms of access. An opportunity. So here's a world where access is there all day long. Whether you read a day as a hundred years or as a real day, sun up to sundown, not even a full day or a micro day, it does, everybody doesn't set foot on the property in the world that I live in. I don't know about you. There are vast restrictions and vast unseen. The owner's going out and finding them. Uh, they seek. They seek and they will find. They seek, they seek, they seek. They seek at 5 o'clock, and they are found like that. So the second thing is they all work for the landowner with defined terms. And I know it's different, but they do all of that in common. 
it's not like everyone who wants to work works. I don't know about you. That's not the world I live in. This is the heaven world, you know. But does this sure does the world that I live in echo that, or is there an intrusion of heaven into the world I live in? Huh? Not that much. What about you? I'm trying to pay attention to the world. All are not working, even if it's for five minutes in the day. Nope, not all. All were asked to do the work on the same day, all together. Same day. What's a day? I don't know about you, in this world that I live in, uh-uh, that's not happening. I don't sense the heaven breaking through in my world. All sought work. Seek and you shall find. They had that all in common. All are seeking. And then all desired to be paid. That's the funniest one to me. Oh, there is an exchange here. All desire to be paid. And in this case, being paid by the the owner that's when I can't wrap my head around yet. But it's what's needed. It's what's needed. I guess, Bill, to your point about there's, there's enough. There's manna for the day. There's enough for everybody. Uh, and we, I, you know, I, and I rejoice in the fact, sitting here on earth, that all those things I listed they have in common can be more common here, but it's not. So I didn't list something that I see every day here. So where am I on this day? Am I looking for what am I asking for? Are others around me looking for work? Uh, and it looks like heaven, in this case, is less of a place in this parable or this analogy. It's not a place. It is kind of an enterprise where there's work to be done. It's kind of an ecosystem, but it's so strange. You know, in my world, when in business, we call it kind of unicorny. When I hear that <laughs> phrase, it's like, you have to pause and take a breath because these are different people here, right? This is a different company, different mission, kind of unicorny. So it takes some work, but they all set foot on that property. So I just wanted to list the commonality. Sarah, what do you think? What's Jesus trying to accomplish or prompt with this? The landowner gave equal amounts to all. Equal. They all got the same compensation just an observation and and i'm one of these people i i cheer when i see this this story implies that god encourages collaboration rather than competition giving out participation trophies to all rather than first second and third place i love that um I kind of like the idea that we all get an opportunity to collaborate in the field of the Lord. That would be worth a whole day's wage to me. <laughs> that would be worth spending eight hours doing something where someone else got one hour worth of pay. So I'm thinking about the opportunity as being something other than grueling yard work. Um, there are those that we see, and Peter's one of them, where he goes, Lord, which one of us is the greatest? Can I sit at your can I sit at your right hand and can can John sit at your left? And so this opportunity that we want to quantify, we're we're hungry to quantify greatness. 
and we forget that the job is to bring everybody along. So it helps me refocus on participation trophies instead of first, second, and third place trophies. So equal means everyone gets to play, everyone gets to work, everyone gets paid, everybody has the opportunity, everybody gets equal amounts of joy or equal amounts of sorrow. Um, and nobody gets loaded more than another. And maybe our job is to help each other rather than compare. Thank you. Now, question three. And uh, I'll elaborate a little bit, Sarah, to help you get ready because I'm coming back to you. <laughs> and then you'll get to, you'll get to wrap it up. So there's, there's the order of work. Uh, I, uh, by the way, I said order of work intentionally. We're working. Right? We're working. Good. Are you happy? I'm working. I look forward to the podcast every week, and I work to get there. I pray that I can do a good day's work. But this is part of my day of work. I am working, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's good to work. It's good to work in a way where I can be transformed. So question three is verse 14 does say that certain things do belong to the laborers as what the kingdom of heaven is, is as it's described. What? How does this elaborate on your concept of the kingdom in terms of this belonging and the work, what is yours? And then there's all this commonality to it. And I'll just, Sarah, kick it off by saying, uh, I think there's something here about the tangibility of the wage. It may, it's less about the wage as we understand it, but it is tangible. I would say maybe it's more like the pearl, the thing, like finding something, it, it, that you can touch it and feel it. It's, it's additive, but I think it's meant to enhance or hold up the experience of working in that place, that I can touch it, I can feel it, and there it is. So I, I will hold out that, that what belongs is that pearl, not just the knowledge, the knowledge of the grace of God, the knowledge of what the, this dynamic of this ecosystem of heaven looks like, but I can see it, and I can feel it. And I, I, I can remember a time, I'm so blessed to have started my career early enough in the 20th century to see what doesn't happen as much anymore, that the heads of great companies started, for instance, I worked for telecommunications companies, and some of our greatest leaders at the highest levels started by climbing poles, and they were repair people. You saw that in utilities and energy companies. And, you know, where did you begin? Well, I was in the union. And CEO was like, well, I started the union. I was, I was doing repair and assignment. I was doing troubleshooting. I worked in the call center. You know, and let me tell you, that tangible, you know, was it the wage? No. It was tangible. It allowed them to take care of the families and do what needed to be done. But, you know, there was something so much more there in terms of their ability to lead and grasp what that whole enterprise was doing. So I'll hold that up. Uh, and And I'm wondering if, in this, we're supposed to meditate on the nature of labor or the nature of heaven. I used to think that. Like, don't be distracted. This is about heaven. It's like, no, I think this is about labor. The nature of labor today and using labor is that thing where we learn, that, that touch of, of what it is to work in that place. So some people may go, this ain't work. I think some of the people that came first was like, work? This ain't fair. This ain't work. Yeah, it is. Uh, the power of a good day's wage 
is the power of the experience of working in that place. And I'm just wondering, and I think, Bill, you've been talking about, if on earth, you know, what is it to imagine, what does the world look like on a full day's wage? What does the world look like on a full day's wage? If I cannot even conceive of what this place would be, living all of this on a full day's wage, what would that be like? It boggles the mind of what this place would be. It's like they have it. So, uh, Sarah, what do you think? What if it's, how are we compensated? What is the measure or what is the, the, the wage that we receive? We're thinking a denarii, right? We're thinking money. But what if it's connection? What if it's relationship? What if it's, Joy. What if it's the stuff that's I would consider the immeasurable soft stuff that goes with endeavoring to do a task together with someone else? That sense of completion, that wonderful closure thing you get sometimes when a task is accomplished. So I'm thinking about what does the compensation look like? I will go ahead and volunteer that the grace I've been given is personalized. It's specific and it's unique. It is uniquely um, presented to me. If there's such a thing as um, certain things belonging to the laborers, it would be the affection and the tenderness of the creator that's uniquely given to me Um, or that is intentionality The intentionality is that it's given specifically to me and what it looks like for me. So it's interesting that God takes that same care and demonstrates it in the the role of the landowner. The landowner gives each what they need. And I will say, you know, sometimes the toddler doesn't know they're hungry and doesn't know that what will solve their discomfort and their out-of-sortness, the five o'clock crankies um, or the arsenic hour presentation of their personality. And by simply a mom knowing or a dad knowing that what's needed is food, the world can come right again. And the toddler suddenly finds balance again. And the food is what was needed. And for me, it's somehow knowing that God can see when it is I'm acting like a toddler. It can go, wait a minute, I know how to solve this. I'll bring, I'll bring sustenance to the story. I'll bring re- refreshment, if you will, to your soul and to your spirit. And suddenly you can find your balance again. So what I'm thinking is that God knows of knows our needs individually and brings to the table exactly what we need to be of value to him. Thank you. All right, Bill Hull, it's all yours, my friend. What do you think? Uh, I'll remind us that that verse you're referring to, the landowner says, take what belongs to you and go. 
I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. There's justice here. Each group got what was promised, right? There, there, there is justice. Um, obviously, paying the last hired who worked an hour heaped up the anger of the first hired. It reminds me of the Martha Mary story. Martha's saying, Jesus, tell her to get in here and help me clean up uh, the dinner dishes. And Jesus saying, no, wait, uh, Mary's chosen. Things were, were disproportionate, but Jesus is saying that doesn't control the whole narrative. And I'll end with this. I, I think often in the scriptures, Jesus simply says something and leaves. He throws it out there and leaves it. I would paraphrase this as Jesus saying, first hired, you have what you need, you have enough, move on. Move on. That's where this parable leaves me. Move on. Bill, and uh, that and that's it. I'm going to call time, and, uh, and always great to explore this this great parable. Uh, Palmasia Presbyterian Church makes this podcast possible. They're at 3501 West San Jose. That's in Tampa, Florida. And for more information, you can go to palmasia.org. That's P-A-L-M-A-C-E-I-A.org. We always commend that site to you for great sermons, reflections, discussions, discussions of lectionary, disagreements about lectionary, prayers, outstanding music, opportunity to take communion, and much, much more. So check that out, and you're always welcome, and we'll see you next time.